Al-Bayan Radio presents a brief explanation of the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi presented by Farhan bin Rafi' Ahmed. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim and alhamdulillah nahmaduhu wa nasta'inu wa nasta'gfiru wa na'udhu billahi min shuroori anfusina min sayyati a'malina ma yahdihi Allah fala mudilla lah wa ma yudlil falan tajida lahu waliyan murshida wa ashadu an la ilaha illallah al-ahadu al-qahar wa ashadu anna muhammadan عبده ورسوله يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون Indeed all praise and thanks belongs to Allah تبارك وتعالى alone We seek his help, his assistance and guidance in all things He whom Allah تبارك وتعالى guides there is no misguidance for him And he whom Allah تبارك وتعالى leads astray there is no guidance for him Except for the will and permission of Allah تبارك وتعالى alone and I bear witness and testify that there is no deity worthy of worship except Allah and that Muhammad ibn Abdullah ibn Abdul Muttalib al-Hashim al-Qurashi was the final messenger and prophet sent to all of mankind, O you who believe, fear Allah. Fear Allah as he deserves to be feared and do not die except in a state of Islam, do not die except that you are Muslims. Rabbi shrahli sadri wa yasirli amri wa hlul uqtatan min lisani wa fawqawli. Alhamdulillah, this is lesson 51 in our reading of the 42 hadith of Imam al-Nawi rahimahullah. And today, walillah alhamd, we start off hadith 32. So it means we only have, insha'Allah, 10 ahadith and we finish this beautiful series by the permission of Allah tabarak wa ta'ala if he allows us the life to continue. Now, obviously, we've been gone for quite some time. Uh, alhamdulillah, August, يعني, we had uh, COVID in the beginning of it. And in the middle we had the uh, urgent trip that we had to take overseas But alhamdulillah we're back and inshallah the lessons continue as usual uh, And also, يعني, as you can see, it's just us and the malaika today <laughs> Inshallah يعني, These are the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala And we should never worry about the number of people that are inside of the masjid I know they're outside brothers there are probably more than inside the masjid at the moment having a laugh. But what we have to remind ourselves constantly is that we are doing this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a witness on all of our deeds. And that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't allow a single thing that we do purely for his sake, insha'Allah, except that he gives us an ajr for it. And I يعني, like to thank all of the brothers who remain. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect and preserve you all But however, as is usual If anyone needs to go يعني, They're not mahboos here We're not trying to keep you in habas In jail over here The door is there And I know everyone is busy And everyone has their things But remember, again يعني, This is a reminder to myself before anyone else Is that we are not doing this For the pleasure of the people We are doing this for the pleasure Of the creator himself Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if one person listens to this or if no one listens to this, we are doing this for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That we know the famous hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated that on yawmul qiyamah, the anbiya will be there. All of the messengers, all of the prophets, and some of them will have nations. Some of them will have nations as far as the eye can see, like Musa alayhi salam. However, there are others who have, some of them two people, some of them one person, 
with them. Yani they spent their entire lives preaching and only one person is with them or two people were with them or لَيْسَ مَعَهُ أَحَد That with this Prophet, with this Nabi, there's no one with him. Not a single person. Imagine an entire life, an entire life of preaching for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not a single person accepts the mission. Now do we say that this person didn't do his da'wah properly? It's impossible because the best guide to the creation are the anbiya, are the prophets and messengers. For what is meant by this is that hidayah is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and those who accept the message is in the hands of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we know from this hadith that the amount of people that are with you is not something that represents success. Yani these are the anbiya, the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alayhim salam and these are the most successful people of this world they have the highest ranks of jannah the anbiya war rusul the prophets and messengers and even them after an entire life and we are nothing like the anbiya but we are saying that some of them preached their entire lives and there was no one there with them fa yani do not be disheartened i know sometimes when i was studying yani in in medina and we'd attend some of the lessons of the mashayikh and sometimes you'd be the only person i remember one time we went to a uh, a, a, a dars of uh, I, if i remember correctly it was the kaba'ir of imam al-dhahabi it was a reading and a commentary of al-kaba'ir off the top of my head i'm pretty sure it was that one and it was at a masjid that was a bit far away it wasn't easy for the students to get to and i remember i went and it was just and it was an announced dars in all of medina and i went and with me was يعني, two other Indonesian brothers and an entire masjid that is like maybe six or seven times this size. Huge masjid, double story. And subhanallah, we went to that lesson and that shaykh, I'll never forget it, Shaykh Abdullah Hafidahullah ta'ala. He gave us so much ihtimam. He invited us after that to the يعني, his house and after that we started a, يعني, a relationship in which we were able to listen to him teaching books to us privately. And this is not something that's easy to get a private teacher for free from his own يعني, will. And so sometimes يعني, there is a lot of khair in this. And there are other stories of, I think it was Sheikh Shanqiti, uh, that one time he was saying that when his father was teaching, there was just him, يعني, the son, and his father. No one else, not a single person came. And he said, Dad, why are we here? And there's no one here. There's no one here. And the father became very upset with him. And he said, do you not know why we are here? We are here to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And do you not know that angels surround us? And do you not know that me and you, we are here. We can benefit. For this is, يعني, the da'wah is not for the masses. The da'wah is for ourselves first and foremost. يعني, the du'at themselves, the mashayikh themselves. They are in the most need of the da'wah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his success, Ya Rabb, in this world and the next. Now, we are on hadith 32. And we begin with the Arabic, and then the translation, and then we'll begin with the commentary bi-idhnillahi tabarak wa ta'ala. And Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu, anna nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam aqal, لا ضرر ولا برار حديث حسن 
رواه ابن ماجة والدار قطني مسندا ورواه مالك في الموطأ مرسلا عن عمرو بن يحيى عن أبيه عن النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فأسقط أبا سعيد وله طرق يقوي بعضها بعضا Imam Nawi rahimahullah states that the 32nd hadith is was relayed on the authority of Abu Sa'id bin Malik bin Sinan al-Khudri radiyallahu an that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated there should neither be harming nor reciprocating harm there should neither be harming nor reciprocating harm and then Imam Nawawi rahimahullah states something that is very important, which is the first time يعني, he's gone into this much detail. He states a hadith that is Hassan, which is sound. Uh, a Hassan hadith, which is sound, which is Ibn Majah, Ad-Darqutni, and others related as having sound isnad. And يعني, I think the best, يعني, this translation here is not entirely accurate. It's actually that. Imam Nawawi rahimahullah states that this hadith is sound and Ibn Majah has collected this as well as Dar Qutni and other than them two Musnadan with an Isnad that goes all the way back to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and Imam Malik rahimahullah related this in his Muwatta with an Isnad that had a missing link it was Mursal from Amr ibn Yahya from his father from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa but dropping the name of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu an and then Imam Nawawi rahimahullah states this hadith has lines of transmission which strengthen one another so that it may be regarded as having a sound isnad so this hadith is sound as mentioned by Imam Nawawi rahimahullah now the first step that we have to take is Abu Sa'id al-Khudri yani this Obviously, this hadith, as mentioned by Sheikh Nidal when he was introducing the lesson today, yani this is one of the greatest hadiths of fiqh. This hadith is one of the most important hadiths that we have in fiqh. And this hadith, subhanAllah, is one of the greatest maxims of fiqh. One of the greatest maxims of fiqh. Now, what is a maxim? Yani it is a short statement expressing a great rule of conduct. Yani a rule of life. Think of it as a rule. And he, I don't want to say it's like, but I'm saying just to help you understand what a maxim is, for instance, and what goes around comes around. It's a rule, right? It's a way of life. يعني, what goes around comes around. But this is similar to that. I'm not saying it's يعني, like it, but I'm just saying in that way that you understand what a maxim is. Something that is short, but has a meaning beyond it, which is a great rule. And this is a statement that guides the rulings of the sharia. This hadith is a statement that guides يعني it's an, يعني The thing that guides The thing that points towards how we should make rulings This hadith And يعني Before we do that we have to look at The isnad and the narrator of this hadith And It was the companion of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Sa'ad ibn Malik ibn Sinan Al-Khazraji al-Ansari Sa'ad the son of Malik The son of Sinan from the tribe of Al-Khazraj, which was one of the two tribes of Medina, Al-Aws and Al-Khazraj, he was Al-Khazraji, he was from Al-Khazraj, Al-Ansari, from the helpers of the Prophet Now, this companion, 
is more famous not through his name Sa'ad ibn Malik everyone knows, knows him as Abu Sa'id al-Khudri يعني, even me yesterday subhanallah when I was going through this hadith يعني, I was very very tired I was very very tired and subhanallah I read this uh, I read another uh, edition of this hadith and it said that Sa'ad ibn Abu Sa'id Sa'ad ibn Malik and he gave the entire name Sa'ad ibn Malik in the Sinan al-Khazraji and then at the end he wrote Al-Ansari Abu Sa'id so I couldn't يعني, when I was doing it I couldn't link up the first and the second I'm thinking what's going on why can't I find this companion who is Sa'ad ibn Sinan and then يعني, it was like you're an idiot Farhan what's wrong with you it's Abu Sa'id Al-Khudri radiallahu anhu because no one knows يعني, a lot of the times the companions we know them through their يعني, kunya فأبو سعيد الخدري رضي الله عنه was one of the greatest companions of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم. He was the faqih of Medina, the faqih of Al Medina, the jurist of Al Medina, and one of the greatest teachers of Islam. Imam Al Dhahabi رحمه الله says, Al Imam Al Mujahid Mufti Al Medina, Al Imam the great leader, Al Mujahid the great warrior, and Mufti Al Medina. The jurist of Medina. And you have to understand, يعني now when we think of Mufti al-Medina, يعني if there was a scholar and he was the great jurist of Medina, it means that he's the greatest there. He's يعني the most brilliant mind that's there. But when you think of it in the time of the companions, when someone appoints their Mufti, their jurist, from the time of the Sahaba, they would choose the most brilliant mind they had. Right? When they would go up to someone and say, you know what, we are going to come to you for our dealings. We, when we have issues, when things don't make sense to us, we need you to help us understand. This is a man among diamonds and they are choosing this person and saying, you are the best of us in this regard. And this is Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu Now Abu Sa'id radiallahu was born three years after the birthday of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa After the Prophet was anointed as being a prophet the first revelation after the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam received it 3 years after that abu sa'id was born now when the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam migrated to al madina then abu sa'id was 10 years old still chap a young kid now in the battle of uhud when this happened abu sa'id was now 13 years old as a young child and subhanallah he was 13 and he went with his father Malik ibn Sinan radiallahu and he went to Uhud with him. Father takes his son. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam had to assess whether Abu Sa'id al-Khudri was allowed to go to jihad if he was allowed to partake in the battle of Badr in the battle of Uhud afwan. So Abu Sa'id says uridtu yawma Uhudin ala an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam wa ana Ibn Thalath Ashara that I was presented to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and I was a child of the age of 13. I was just 13 on the day of Uhud and I was presented to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam يعني, Ya Rasulullah is he allowed to fight or not? And you have to understand Uhud was a time of great يعني, fee. Uhud was a time where the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam lost one third of his army as they left. Uhud was a time where they needed every single person with them at that point. And so, يعني, the benchmark was low. 
And then, so Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu anhu is now being presented to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he says, فَجَعَلَ أَبِي يَأْخُذُ بِيَدِي وَيَقُولُ يَا رَسُولُ اللَّهِ إِنَّهُ عَبْلُ الْعِظَامِ so Abu Sa'id is now presented, being presented to the Prophet and his father Malik bin Sinan. He is saying, O Messenger of Allah, he's Abdul Idam. He's strong. He's got big bones. يعني, he's, he's not a weakling. Someone who's strong. Someone who's يعني, he's heavy. He's got this. He's not weak. So he's trying. He's got his son. It says he's taken his son by his hand. And he is saying, O Messenger of Allah, he's not, he's not weak. He's got strong bones. Right? So then Abu Sa'id continues and he says وَجَعَلَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَجَعَلَ النَّبِيُّ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ يُصَعِدُ فِيَّ النَّظَرَةِ That the Prophet ﷺ used to يعني, look up and down at him. He's assessing him now. And then he says ثُمَّ قَالَ رُدَّ Take him back. He's not allowed to come. فَرَدَّنِي Abu Sa'id radiallahu an was then returned and he wasn't allowed to partake in the battle of Uhud. Now, two things we learn from this is one, that يعني, the hirs of the father of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu an, Malik bin Sinan radiallahu an, in trying to get his son to do something that was good, to help the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in a time of need. And this was from the way of the Prophet ﷺ and his companions to help those who were young and encourage them and push them towards that which was good. And يعني, over here, this story is something that Abu Sa'id, he wanted to be there also. It's not something that he wasn't trying to push for. He wasn't there hating his life. No, he wanted to help the Prophet ﷺ and he's saying this as a point of pride. Then something interesting also is that Zayd ibn Jariyah states عن, that the Prophet returned people on the day of Uhud and this is found in At-Tabarani and from them he says Zayd ibn Jariyah who's Zayd ibn Jariyah? and this is just a test if you're listening or not Zayd ibn Jariyah, who is he? the person who said this hadith the person who's saying this in At-Tabarani Zayd ibn Jariyah says and this is found in At-Tabarani he says that on the day of Uhud the Prophet ﷺ returned a few people and from them was Zayd ibn Jariyah which is the person who said this. The second and others that were returned is Bara ibn Azib and Sa'ad ibn Khaythama and Abu Sa'id al-Khudri Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu an Abdullah ibn Umar also was returned on that day and Jabir ibn Abdullah radiallahu anhum ajma'in. Now this is just something on the side of the young companions of the Prophet ﷺ, some of the great Warriors of Islam later on, or some of the great teachers of Islam later on, some of the greatest companions, the Prophet ﷺ did not allow them to join him on the battle of Uhud. Now what happens on this day, on the battle of Uhud, is that the Muslims lost some of its greatest soldiers, some of its greatest companions. Islam on that day lost some of its most brilliant people, Hamza, and others that we, يعني, we've all heard about. Now, what is something that a lot of people don't know is that Abu Sa'id al-Khudri lost his father on this day. He was one of the martyrs of Uhud. Now this changed the life of Abu Sa'id al-Khudri because now he's an orphan. He doesn't have a father. And so this is something that يعني, shaped 
the course that he was going to take now And يعني, it looks like this is the point where he furthered his studies In being close to the Prophet wasallam and the rest of the Sahaba Because not only did he get hadith from the Prophet wasallam, He also narrated from Abu Bakr Umar, Uthman, Ali and the other great Sahaba radiyallahu anhum ajma'een and not just يعني, he became a great scholar he became a jurist in between the companions someone that they would go to when they needed help and he became a teacher after the deaths of the great companions to people like Ibn Umar and others يعني, he became a teacher also not only to the tabi'een he became a teacher to the companions now subhanallah Abu Sa'id al-Khudri was one of the greatest companions who was responsible for the spreading of hadith for the spreading and preservation of hadith he helped preserve hadith of the Prophet and he was from the seven of the great muhaddithin of the Sahaba the seven of the great muhaddithin al-Mukthirin, the seven great companions who narrated over a thousand hadith from the Prophet and Imam al-Suyuti rahimahullah says in his Al-Fiyah That Imam Suyuti says in these two couplets, these lines of poetry in his Al-Fiyah The thousand lines of poetry of hadith He says that the great narrators of this hadith, this athar the ones who did the most is Abu Hurairah and then follows him Ibn Umar wa Anas yani Anas radiyallahu an and Al-Bahar who is referred to as yani Al-Bahar as an ocean because he was Ibn Abbas the cousin of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Kal-Khudri like yani Abu Sa'id Al-Khudri wa Jabir radiyallahu an wa Zawjat Al-Nabi Aisha radiyallahu anha now these are the seven of the greatest of the Sahaba who were known as Al-Mukthirin those who relayed over a thousand narrations of the Prophet and it is stated by some scholars that over half over half of hadith that we have were found in these seven companions Now Abu Sa'id was extremely poor in his life extremely poor and Something that was different about him and other people was that he refused to ask. He wasn't always looking for a handout. He wouldn't go out and ask for help, for money. And there's a famous يعني, hadith that is sahih. And it was that he was on the way to the Prophet wasallam to ask. And he had it, it was gone, it was finished. And then he was going to the Prophet wasallam to ask the Prophet ﷺ for some help And as he was going to the Prophet ﷺ He hears the Prophet ﷺ say مَنْ يَسْتَعْفِفْ يَعِفَّهُ اللَّهِ مَنْ يَسْتَعْفِفْ يُعِفَّهُ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ يَسْتَغْنِي يُغْنِهِ اللَّهِ That whoever stops himself from asking Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant him to be self-sufficient And whoever is content then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will grant him great favor. Whoever holds himself from asking, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him. 
And whoever is content with what he has, if it's small, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give him more. This is subhanallah, great advice of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but what's the result? Abu Sa'id hears this. He's on the way to ask. He hears this. And then he stops himself from asking. Goes back. Goes back to his family. And then he says, I implemented this hadith. And he says that after a while, that our family became from some of the most wealthiest families of Medina. He didn't ask anyone. He was reliant upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increased him. Now, subhanallah, he had other mawaqif. And he was there in the battle of Al-Khandaq. And we know that the battle of the khandaq is the battle of the trench. And this was after the battle of Uhud. And this was an attempt of Quraysh to wipe out the Muslims completely. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam while sitting with his companions were thinking and he brainstorming ideas of how are we going to push back this great army because Quraysh went and they gathered from other tribes men to come and attack the Muslims and wipe Medina off the map. What do we do now? Now Medina from one side was protected by trees from farmland from other side, volcanic yani rock, places where horses couldn't go on properly, it was the terrain was rough. They could only be attacked from one side. So Salman al-Farisi radiallahu an, he said to the companions, yani this is not something that you do, but in our lands, al-Furs, Persia, what we would do is if we were yani, afraid of men coming to attack us and horsemen specifically coming to attack us, then what we would do is we would build a trench. Yani, uh, digging yani, in the ground a hole in between yani, us and them digging ourselves in yani, so that they can't cross horses can't yani, go down and gallop back up and if they do we could kill them yani, that was the idea and it was just a, yani, a certain area can't remember the amount of radius right now off the top of my head but it was over a few kilometers and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa after taking the ra'i of the people, accepted this event. And this is what was going to happen. And this has never been done in the lands of the Arab previously. And then they built the trench, and the Prophet ﷺ was building the trench with the companions, digging with them. Not just, you guys sort that out, I'm going to be making dua. No. The Prophet ﷺ was there. And this was a time of extreme hardship on the companions of the Prophet ﷺ. A lot of the stories that you hear of the stones being tied on the stomachs, it happened in Khandaq. And this is يعني, a great battle that happened. And the Muslims were victorious by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, sending يعني, a great wind to deflect the kuffar. And that is another story, inshaAllah. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri radiallahu an also partook in Bay'at al-Radwan and we took this in one of the earlier classes took the pledge of allegiance with the Prophet ﷺ, a pledge with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was pleased with all of those who took the pledge of allegiance and this was يعني, one of the greatest events that helped the Muslims take Mecca now do we have يعني, is everyone okay for one more story one more story inshallah okay the battle of Al-Harra this happened يعني, in the year 63 a lot of the great companions have passed away. The big, yani old companions have passed away. Now this happened in the year 63. And basically what happened, I'm going to summarize because yani, out of the four people here, I think everyone wants to go. Now the battle of Harra was 
يعني in essence it was a political issue that had happened between the people of Medina and Yazid and basically what happened was that the people of Medina were being filled with stories that Yazid is doing one, two, and three from Fisk and Fujur corruption, drinking, and what have you and so against the advice of the senior companions that were alive at that time like Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu Ibn Umar radiallahu anhuma like Ibn Umar, he told the people of Medina, don't rebel, don't go against, you've taken an oath. And he even took his son aside and said, we have pledged allegiance to this man. And if you go and break your allegiance with him, then me and you, this is a separation between us, to his own son. To his own son. Anyways, what happens is, now news reaches that Medina has left the governance of Yazid. They've يعني, mutinied. I don't know if that's the right word, but they basically said we are breaking the pledge of allegiance. Against, again, against the advice of the senior companions. Now what happens is Yazid sends an army to them and says, call them three times to come back. Don't just go and attack, just go call three, three, three times and attack. And this happened and it was a time of great turmoil and it was a time of great bloodshed. Yani the army that came from Sham to Medina basically began a rampage after Medina refused to go back to Yazid. And they began killing left, right and center. And they, the people of Sham, who came, يعني, I think the name is Muslim Ibn Uqba, and they started calling him Musrif, because of how much death he dealt upon the people of Medina on that day. The day of Al-Harra. And some state, that it was, I think it happened for around three days, Allahu Alam. And basically, no one was spared. Wife, يعني, woman, children, old, young, walashi, just death. And it was sent not only to kill the people, but also to kill the companions of the Prophet and those who were there in Medina. Because يعني, news doesn't spread as quick as now it does now. That this person is against it, this person is for it. And it was a day of zulm, injustice. And it was a day of corruption. Fisk and fasad happened on that day. However, Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, on that day, he didn't want to be part of it. He didn't want to defend even. He didn't want to kill a Muslim. So he took his sword and he went up in the mountains. And he took refuge in a cave. And this is something that is found in Al-Isaba and it is found in of Ibn Hajar and in found in Sir Alam al-Nubala and other books of hadith and uh, books of history. And it's something that's recorded. So what happens is Abu Dhar, uh, Abu Sa'id, he goes to this cave and he is there and he takes his sword and someone from the army of the Shamiya, they come and they see him. From the Shamiyin, they see him. And they come. And now it's just this man and Abu Sa'id al-Khudri. Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, what does he do? He sees him and he throws his sword down. Preparing for martyrdom. And this person from Sham is looking at him and he's thinking, what's going on? This guy has a sword, so he knows that it's, you know, there's, there's harb going on, there's war going on. 
It's a battle outside. And he's throwing his sword. And he said, who are you? I'm Abu Sa'id. And he says, ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive me. And then Abu Sa'id says, غَفَرَ اللَّهُ ذَنْبَكَ May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forgive you. And he left him alone. And then he left. And this is from يعني, uh, the way of Abu Sa'id where he did not fear martyrdom. He would rather stay with himself and his ideas of not wanting to harm the Muslims and sacrifice himself to this point where he would not shed the blood of the Muslims. He was jihad was with the kuffar. And another instance where he chose the, يعني, the shuja'a of this man at one time, he went into a masjid and he started to pray his rak'atain tahit al-masjid the two units of prayer that we pray as and you enter the mosque and an army that was there in the time of the governance of one of the governors was there and he tried to stop him the army was there and they were trying to stop him from praying and he continued praying didn't care and then they said why didn't you stop he said i would not stop because the prophet sallallahu instructed us that when we enter the mosque even if it's friday we pray and it was a day that yani, people were listening to the governor. But this shows the way that Abu Sa'id was. And it's mentioned in the books of uh, yani, the biographies that he did not care in yani, transgressing against anyone when it came to following the sunnah of the Prophet He wasn't fearful of what would happen to him in following the Prophet example and his way. And with that, inshallah, we conclude. He died in the year 74, and others stated 73. And يعني, it was after يعني, the Battle of Harla, and that is something that is mentioned in the books of Tariq. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept this from us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive us our shortcomings. Wasallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Jazakumullah khairan. Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This program was presented by Al Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah.